Fundraising is one of the crucial activities that startups nowadays feel they need to do to take their businesses to the next level. Ultra high net worth individuals and families who are better known as family offices actively participate as investors in new businesses today more than ever before. But how do you approach these families? What is it that these investors are looking for? As a startup, how can you make a strong pitch to ensure you get the most important families not only as investors but also as mentors to your business? Listen to this podcast with expert advice from Munish Randev, founder of Servant Family Offices, and you will get all your answers. Hi, I'm Kamalini Roy, a growth acceleration coach for entrepreneurs. I'm on a mission to help thousands of entrepreneurs achieve their most ambitious goals, create massive wealth, but more importantly, live a life of fulfillment. Welcome to my successful entrepreneurs podcast. This podcast will bring to you many simple success stories, success tips from successful entrepreneurs. And here we will discuss ways to become successful, which you as an entrepreneur and as a leader can implement quite easily. And if this is what you would like to hear to make your business profitable through simple ways, then go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you can stay tuned in for all the success talks given by successful entrepreneurs. And please do remember to bring your journal and pen to take down notes. I promise you, there will be lots and lots of notes to take. So here we go. Let's start. Munish, hi, welcome to my show. I'm extremely excited to have you on my podcast, which is the Successful Entrepreneurs Podcast. Thank you, Kamli. Thank you so much for having me. Before I start, uh, Munish, I'd like to introduce you to our listeners. Listeners, Munish is a brand by himself and extremely well-known in the family office space. Uh, Munish comes with more than 26 years of experience and he has advised more than 65 family offices with over 3.2 billion USD of assets. Munish has recently owned, founded his own family office uh, services. It's a multifamily office by the name of Servant Family Office. And he has a team of very experienced family office experts with an intention to provide absolute unconflictual and expert advice to family or business owners, as well as to serial entrepreneurs. Munish, you have been so successful in the corporate world, and I've seen you for many, many years now, working with the top brand names, with such a successful corporate career behind you. What is it that made you become an entrepreneur? I think firstly, thank you so much for using such kind words for me, uh, Kamalini. Thank you so much. I think it, it, it just, you know, pushes you forward to do even better things and, you know, build better things. And uh, coming to your second question, yes, you know me for many, many years now and you've seen the journey. Uh, 
I don't know about how successful I have been on the corporate side, but yes, I have been lucky, you know, to be working in some of the biggest brands, both international and then domestic as well, and also take a career which has gone through almost every aspect of investing uh, in the Indian and and somewhat in the global space uh, because I've worked in some global locations as well. Uh, so that's been lucky on my part. Uh, turning entrepreneur, as I think so many a times, you know, entrepreneurs sometimes uh, have. entrepreneurship happens by accident by design or sometimes you have no other option you know that to not to be an entrepreneur so i think in my case it was the last one and the reason was that uh, uh, while working in my last stint as you know with a multi family office uh, where we we were advising large family offices on uh, on various aspects of family businesses family governance and family investing uh, in particular uh, we realized that you know this space is very specialized and if you really uh, need to have a very clear vision about the space either you have to align with somebody else's vision or if your vision you believe is very different uh, and cannot be understood by a lot of other people in the space that you are in it's best to build your own so it's like diy it's like i call it build your own system so if you really want to be close to your dreams and your wishes i think and that's what came on to me when i started looking out and say okay let i could have joined another firm maybe uh, and they were kind enough people to offer me that space but then i realized that if you really want to provide a truly world class unconflicted absolutely uh, you know blessed with integrity kind of a service to your clients you will have to build your own i think so that put me on to the path of uh, being an entrepreneur and uh, knowing my age kamalini let's not share that with people but knowing my age i am not a typical entrepreneur in the teens and early 30s so for me uh, i think the 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 choice was uh, a very important choice being on this part of uh, the stage of my life as well but then i understood that i could give back to the industry and really give back to the family business and the entrepreneur space quite a lot which i have built over the last few years so it happened because uh, i wanted to have a separate vision Set alignment of a vision, absolutely a kosher business that I really want to be in, and then the best way of doing that was to set up your own firm. So I think that's the journey in long shot of why I became an entrepreneur after after all these years of working in corporates. Yes, and that leads me to the second question. But I think I kind of got a bit of an answer from you already. What is your big why behind Servant Family Office? What is that purpose that drives you, that motivates you? Because we know as entrepreneurs. all of us have to be self motivated so what is that purpose that drives you um so for me it's a very unique space uh, you know which i unique background which i again i'm blessed with so this is actually my sixth startup uh and now uh, you know when i say sixth startup people generally sit up and say okay but we haven't heard names of other startups but every other five businesses uh that i have worked with before uh, starting my own were at the startup space either i was the first employee or the second employee or the senior most employee hired in those businesses to really literally set up those things from scratch so for me uh it was not something which made me very uncomfortable so i have done that many a times and the joke goes is that you know i always tell my teams the day they join in every startup that i have been part of that look don't complain that you don't have a drawer to put your diary into first build your own drawer that's what startups put you to do so i have seen that five times over in multinational banks in multinational very large fund houses even domestic uh, you know houses that i work with so it was no brainer that you know i can do it so it's it's, it's not a discomfort for me and the reason for serving uh, which i explained a bit uh, earlier as well was the vision 
that uh, in India, frankly, uh, I could not find uh, a quality uh, team or a quality brand. Uh, when I say a brand, I usually mean the team. I don't care about what the size of the brand or the, what the facade of a brand is. But for me, the set of people who could genuinely advise families, genuinely be part of their journeys, because see, every family business or serial entrepreneurs, you know, at the back of their mind, they have this fear of whether they're doing the right things, whether they're taking care of their families, is continuity for family businesses important? How should we go around it? If that's the service I really want to give to my clients on an absolutely non-conflicted basis, then uh, it has to be my own business uh, because then I can keep it very, uh, very close to the value sets that I create for myself. So I think that led to the whole uh, launch of Servin. And uh, as, as a business, Kamalini, uh, you know that uh, as family businesses transfer wealth, there is next gen which keep on coming in. You know, families need either internal structures to manage the family wealth and the affairs of the family, uh, or they need expert advisory from outside to help that happen. And with this uh, professionalization of companies and with next gens getting educated abroad, coming back into India, who understand what family offices do for their families abroad, I mean, Europe, in the, in, the, in the US and all, I think so that business is still in the nascent space. And uh, there is a lot of demand is going to come in from families, a lot of solutions that families need. And I think Servin wants to be right up there so that people can actually trust that, trust the organization, you know, with their, all the kind of needs that they have in their family, both investments, non-investments, governance, uh, succession, mentorship, everything. So that was the whole intent of uh, setting up Servin. And, and thankfully, you know, the, my whole uh, team I used to work with earlier also agreed with the same vision, had the same wishes, the same dreams. So they also joined me in making sure that, uh, you know, Servin sees light of the day and we really build a, a strong platform. So that was the whole uh, intention of launching this firm at this point of time. In the And I called it Baptism by Fire because we launched it at the right in the middle of the pandemic. So I think that just shows you that we have a lot of trust in what we do. Yes, of course. And I, I loved what you said about you being a serial entrepreneur, though under corporate umbrellas, <laughs> but you've done seven startups already under corporate umbrella. So this is just another one for you with all that experience, but this is completely your own right now, driven yes, by yes. your vision completely. Yes, yes, absolutely. So Munish, uh, you know, nowadays startups, when they start their businesses, they look for seed funding, they look for angel funding, capital is very important for them to grow. And they turn yeah. to family offices because family offices has become a big ground for uh, getting good quality capital money. Um, because of your expertise in this space, I wanted to ask you, how do family offices view startups and how do they approach this space for investing? So good question. Uh, it doesn't have a very straightforward uh, answer because uh, you know the saying goes in our industry is that if you've seen one family office you've just seen one family office so even we would have advised close to 80 family offices we may have engaged with maybe 20 30 more every family office is very different and the reason is that a family office is a combination of emotions sentiments uh, capitalist mindset, socialist mindset, generational mindset, intergenerational place. So it's a family office is a combination of various things. And hence, no two family offices will ever be the same. Even the concept of what returns, what risk have to be taken are very different for each family offices. And 
i'll can give you a couple of examples to, just to explain that as well so in a family office uh, even if you take two brothers inside a family you know if i tell one brother that you know uh, this is a real estate investment you know it should be lovely for you this can you know capital gains can be x y z see one brother can respond by saying oh i love it you know i can touch it feel it it's right there it's so low risk it's not in the air it's money on the ground whereas the other brother says you know yes it's on the ground but it may remain on the ground for a long time because there is no capital appreciation it's too risky because you can't sell it there is no liquidity there can be cases there can be ownership encumbrances so the concept of risk is very different so how does it play in the startup zone because every family views startups from their own lens and you can actually get very extreme views so depending on which family member you talk to in cases where it's the next gen they will say love it want to be part of it that's the space which is exciting you know enough it creates more uh, businesses and this whole power of creation is so strong and you know that it's something we can relate to if you speak to another part of the family they'll be like you know it's black boxes it's like lottery you can invest in 30 spray and pray and maybe a few of them work out you can make some returns but too much of hassle we don't know how to do it so in a in a family as well you can have multiple ways of approaching that uh, startup space uh, are there any common approaches that you have yes and no yes in the case where uh, let's take a family office with with with, with no structured Uh, you know office as such you know it's just a family member sitting together maybe talking to the cfo of the firm exchanging ideas or, and there's a cash which money you know family has if that's the investment they want to make then uh, it can be a very unstructured way so they will view a startup vis-a-vis the lens of okay who is the founder do we know him do he know his family uh, has it come through somebody known is somebody else investing in that space so they may not have a very uh, structured process of how they view a startup that oh it's a good space can grow uh, it it a lot of you know promises for the next time but initially in a unstructured family office it may be do with the comfort that they get from the people behind it the investors behind it and when they look at uh, and when they mature over time their approach towards startups has comes to into the part of the asset allocation okay now we understand startups a bit so now it will be part of an asset allocation so it's nothing to do with whether they understand that space or not they know that they don't understand that space maybe but they understand the risk behind investing in that space it becomes part of a investment process it becomes much more structured in nature so depending on which office you are speaking to what is the background of the family the structured versus unstructured office uh, you will get a very different answer from a family office of how they are approaching investing now understanding a startup space and investments are two very different things so if you can understand a startup oh i love the xyz space but investing is a very different ball game there i think uh, depending on whether they have internal capability is there a family member who is expert in that space or a relative expert in that space do you have an internal single family office structure with a team in place or you working with an advisor depending on that you will approach the startup Uh, if you're a single family office no knowledge of that space chances are you will take very baby steps and investment process will be you know a, a miss some miss here and a good job there and sometimes uh, thinking twice before investing because you're not too sure about it so it will be a very unstructured maybe a very informal way of investing but if you have an advisor you have a single family office the investment will be approached in a much more let me call it formalized manner so there'll be diligence level meetings there'll be proper data sets to be asked for access to data rooms access to diligence from maybe uh, other lead manager in the group or the lead in the group 
uh, in that space. So it becomes much more mature. So I think you cannot brush the space with the same brush because uh, every every brush will have to be different in that space. And sometimes uh, approaches many entrepreneurs the way they approach families is also a bit choppy because entrepreneurs themselves don't know, you know, how to even approach those families. Uh, with funds is easier because you know you understand. You go to their website, you know, see what they do, where they invest in, and you can approach accordingly. With families, you don't have such uh, you know allowances available to you. So it's very very different for each family, and sometimes complicated and complex. Yeah. Um. Certainly very complicated the way you, uh, you know, kind of described it. But uh, there has been a trend of family offices wanting to invest more in tech-based startups. I wanted to ask you whether that is true or, and where do the other startups go then for fundraising? How do they do it? So I think it's, it's not that they want to invest in tech space. It's just that the market is too biased towards the tech space. You get more headlines in the tech space. Pink pages cover tech much more. There are more people tracking tech companies and creating fancy, uh, you know, infographics around tech companies. The whole, uh, the whole glamour is around tech companies. To be very honest, uh, at, at least initially. Yes, in the last few years, we have seen non-tech uh, based sectors also getting their due course. For example, consumer, consumer foods, those kind of sub healthcare services, not health tech, but healthcare services home services, home care services, and non-tech oriented businesses have taken up. But uh, the reality is that uh, the biggest uh, revolution which is now happening is happening around tech. And technology is coming into every aspect of, I think, the whole aspect of businesses. So even if you are running a, a, a manufacturing firm, you know, IoT and AI will play a very important role in the next few years. Now, so if you are investing into a manufacturing company, chances are your investor might ask you, what's your plan for automation? What's your plan for using IoT? So I think tech plays a role everywhere. And, and hence, and, and that is the reason why you have more tech entrepreneurs trying to solve problems using different tech platforms. It may be B2B, B2C and all that stuff. So I think it's more to do with the supply of founders and the supply of entrepreneurs and supply of problems being catered to by technology followed by obviously the glamour of technology as well. And I think today you have eight out of 10 funds or seven out of 10 funds in India as well will be tech-oriented funds. Yeah. Early stage, late stage, broad funds, niche funds, depending on, so they are tech in nature. I can only count maybe two, three consumer funds out there, maybe a couple of healthcare funds out there, but rest is all technology. So it's a natural, I think, inclination towards what uh, the industry feels will solve bigger problems, make things easier to buy, sell, consume. I think that's the space we are in. It's a natural, I think, outcome. Had this question been asked maybe 30 years back, uh, a very different kind of a sector may have been under play. You might have found more entrepreneurs in that space. And that exactly happened. You didn't find tech entrepreneurs in 1990s, barring a few large software companies which got set up as a need for what next 30, 40 years will be. So I think every sector is forward-looking and what solutions may get forward. One space, I think, which you, we have seen after, especially the pandemic, is the healthcare space. Healthcare, health tech. I think that now is getting a lot of uh, scope, a lot of uh, focus as well. But yes, tech still rules uh, the space. Thanks. Munish, uh, while you're talking about uh, monies coming into uh, startups, I wanted to particularly ask you for early stage businesses, 
if for the sake of our listeners and you've been extremely successful on both sides i mean you have uh, you are of course a multifamily office expert but on the other side you have been successful in raising funds for your own uh, uh, you know the recent business that you've launched launched the for early stage businesses can you give four or five pitch hacks or pitch tips that you know the businesses must focus on uh, or uh, get in place before they go and approach investors and family offices so uh, i think i am not an expert who can give tips in general about what to do but i approach it in a very different manner so but i think uh, if you are approaching family offices yes i can give you some pointers for sure uh, the idea is that approaching a family office and maybe approaching a, a institutions are very very different ball games you should not have the same approach for both so i think uh, people should realize that uh, when they are dealing with family offices that you know they they are very different set of investors from the institutions uh that they would have uh you know pitched to institutions angel investors uh in some cases seed investors and you have now early stage investors through crowdfunding you know through different channels like maybe say uh, safe notes which 100x uh, you know uses the approach to families have to be a bit more different i think uh if if i just you know share with people who are listening in that how different they are from institutions and how what mistakes not to do when you are pitching to families i think one realize the biggest difference and the biggest difference is that they are managing their own money as compared to institutions we are maybe managing they are managing as gps maybe managing institutional money family offices manage they manage their own money they are answerable to only themselves or their families so that gives a very different angle to what they are looking for when they are investing so assuming uh, that you are pitching to our institution Uh, i don't say the institution will not take it seriously but for family members it's their own loss their own game they are not running that for a you know for a management fee or maybe for raising funds later on in the market it's their own hard earned money maybe built through a successful entrepreneur first gen second gen who has built this capital uh, for this space so i think first differential uh, you should understand that they are the family's own office so it's not just investments that they do so don't assume that they'll have the same speed as which maybe a venture capital fund which approach you or you know deal with you because they're solving other problems for that family as well they may be solving issues about governance succession financial control taxation and a lot of other stuff so remember that you are dealing with almost like a corporate uh, it's not just the one venture capital fund that you are dealing with so i think that's two major mistakes that people make by understanding them and are they so different from institutions some things are not different they also want to do a proper diligence uh, they want quality deal flow coming on to them which is very important for them uh, till around 3 4 years back to be very honest the only deals which reached the family offices were the deals which were not so uh, you know kindly taken up by venture capital firms and large investors so uh, you know if it's not being sold there okay let's show it to some family members till around 4 5 years back that was a space um, you know that that was a that was the way they were dealt with but ultimately uh, do they also have a plan they have a sort of a plan but i think let's maybe understand that plan a bit more and how are they different as i said their their own money secondly they don't have very established internal venture capital teams they don't have an army of analysts they don't have an army of principals so bear with them yeah there may be very few people doing a lot of work for that family they'll have 10 more questions they're very very different hats 
So make sure that you bear with them. It requires a lot of patience when you deal with family offices because they are not just managing money; they are doing other things as well. And always remember that they just don't just work on pure numbers and a couple of ref check calls. It's a combination of multiple things they look at. They look at internal DD, a diligence that you know that that they'll do on the company. They'll do reference check. They informally talk to their ecosystem. Sometimes in social gatherings with other family owners, family business owners, they will sometimes reach out to domain experts. That you know we have this space in the artificial intelligence space. You know you are an expert there. Can you just take five minutes from you? And sometimes they will talk to VC guys. That I you we know that you also invest in this space. Uh, if you are not investing in this firm, why and why not? Not just the VCs who are connected with that particular investment, but it's a multiple of factors which make them comfortable investing that in the institution space it it's a very guided process that they'll have tick marks everywhere okay this works doesn't work question mark doesn't work then they may have a point system they may have a a a, a system of election or rather, rather voting you know that where the investment committee votes there may be a veto with somebody there may be an advisory advisory angle to it as well by a separate team whereas this is not the space uh, which most family offices will have some of the very large ones which i'm talking about 2 3 4 billion dollars yes they have certain teams and they almost act like institutions so there is not much of a difference and take them seriously don't assume they are they are trust funds of rich brats uh, which are out there in the market you know that money has been earned with a lot of hard work and give that respect that don't assume that just because a 30 year old is sitting in the lately a video call across the screen don't take it lightly you know he's yeah. done his homework he would have done actually much more homework than some of the institutions might do before talking to you so take them seriously on that part also remember so sometimes uh, you know uh, entrepreneurs come talk to me in uh, various ways and say uh, you know what why should we even look for family offices why to take so much of patience you're telling me be patient they may not have a full fledged process they'll ask you me more questions it's their own money so i tell them look first of all you should realize you are a startup you are a build a long a company long term yes you will sell off after some time but your company will not come in today and every one of you will not be successfully exiting that in the next 3 4 5 years in maybe a sunicorn unicorn or whatever the case that you may call it remember that there are three forms of capital you you can have as an entrepreneur one is intellectual capital then second part is relationship capital and third is the financial capital and the financial capital is the most easiest of the of of the three to get frankly so getting an investor yes it's a trouble you need to convince a lot of people you will be down you will be having bad days and good days but that's the easiest one to get the most difficult one to get is either intellectual capital which talks about you know helping you solve your problems maybe becoming your mentor in some spaces because do remember all family offices are owned by family business owners in most cases or serial entrepreneurs who done that and seen that in the past they can add a lot of value to you because ultimately they've been doing this for a long much longer time than you have and they've made it so i think that's the intellectual capital relationship capital is is brutally uh, the most important part the reason is they can open so many doors for you they can open doors on uh, symbiotic companies who can be your clients they are your suppliers uh, your mentors in some cases sometimes getting you you know more rounds of capital because if one family does it chances are you know they talk about that so this brings you in a very different ball game financial capital is only one part of them and do remember family offices have are also called patient capital because they don't have that 
फाइव ईयर फोर ईयर एग्जिट क्लॉज इन देयर फंड डॉक्यूमेंट दे कैन स्टे विद यू फॉर मच लॉन्गर दे नॉट वारेड दे कैन दे कैन स्टे विद यू विद मच लॉन्गर क्रिएशन ऑफ वेल्थ एंड मेनी केसेज फैमिली ऑफिस एक्चुअली एग्जिट इन मच बेटर मल्टीपल्स एंड बेटर आई आर आर दैन कंपेयर टू फंड बिकॉज फंड हैव दैट लिमिटेशन येस फंड कैन डू अ नेक्स्ट राउंड यू नो यूजिंग अनदर फंड फ्रॉम देयर बुके ऑफ प्रोडक्ट्स but the same investor i think family offices give that thing a very important part and i think they are the biggest referrals once you have a family office on your on your board they can open so many doors on just pure referrals for investments and introductions there and finally i know some families who actually allow the startups to use uh, you know help from their hr teams from their finance teams because ultimately you know they also feel they are helping an entrepreneur and they these family businesses or serial entrepreneurs were entrepreneurs themselves at one point of time so they they understand you much better they are hands on they are much more like line managers who are now becoming investors so i think that's the reason you should be uh, going on to them but how are the decision factors so that's the easiest chart in my presentation and uh, frankly speaking uh, and actually it's the most complex part but it's a combination of three things one which i told you a bit more informal but their internal comfort with you how you come across as an individual what kind of confidence you bring in what kind of uh, you know what kind of uh, 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 you know how what kind of personality you depict to the to the investor uh, these are things which are comfort which are informal in nature and they are formal comfort which might be your you know investment policy numbers uh, your referrals whom you have worked with who are the other vc investors so if you look at this chart so their internal comfort draws around the comfort inside the family office each family member should be comfortable if there's an advisor on board he should be comfortable are they comfortable with the space you are if you are going to a healthcare oriented family office and trying to sell them uh, cutting edge image recognition software they may not understand that software so they may say you know we want to be in a space where we can also understand a bit i can be in health tech i can be uh, you know a tech in understanding early stage cancers cancer science and all this kind of stuff but it's a space they have to be comfortable and finally the investment policy if there's an investment policy you may fit you may not fit that's the internal comfort part of it then you have the ecosystem comfort so they'll as i said they'll ask around you about you and they'll do lot of checks about you unless the founder himself or herself is known to that family office they'll definitely do these checks informally formally to multiple we get calls from so many family offices do you know those guys have you met them what's your view they are not clients of us we share our views and it, that's the ecosystem you know that comfort that uh, comes in by accessing that kind of information and finally the diligence comfort so they look for you know who are the other investors in your earlier rounds current rounds who is sitting on your board who is your advisor uh, you know in your company are there any family offices sitting so that's the diligence comfort that okay there are 10 more people who have done the diligence to be very honest because sometimes they may not believe that they can do the best diligence they sometimes may not know how to ask questions if they're not structured family office so they assume that if 10 people are investing they all will also do a diligence but chances are if there is something hidden would have been found out by some of the other investors so i think that's the, that's the decision process for a family office so realize it's a mix of informal subjective uh, comforts internal and ecosystem and a diligence on who are the other people numbers who is other investors other family offices who are investing on that board so that's the important part and you mentioned tips so i'll come to the tips part uh, comrade on this slide uh, if a tip comes to if a reference come to an entrepreneur 
make sure you do your homework most of you do most of the people do their homework with an institution because they know what the institutions have been investing into they may have a investment policy we even have some for some of the large venture capital funds what 10 slides want they they want to see you know when an entrepreneur pitches to them they exactly have those templates ready and the actually entrepreneur has to present in the same template so they are as evolved as that because they want to cut out the process of uh, weeding out the, the the not so comfortable investments at the first stage itself but do a do a lot of effort in segregating your funnel find out where is the lead coming from if the lead to a family office is some coming from 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 a from a person who is known to that family office ask that person a bit more about that family office find out where they have invested till now what are the domains they are domains they are investing into their areas of interest um what kind of family members are part of that uh, space uh, does your product fit into that uh, space they are invested into or ostensibly they talked about talked talked about that space uh, in the in the ecosystem or media uh is there any other advantages that family can actually bring you supposing you are in the consumer food space and you're talking to an fmcg major oh they can be your best friends as well because they can tell you a lot about logistics cutting down logistic times and you know you can do a learning so do all of this read about them understand that space then see where does your product fit in is it purely a financial investments it's a it's a intellectual capital you can take is a relationship capital you can take then accordingly pitch to that family sometimes uh, you know you know people take the same presentation and have sat through the same entrepreneur presenting to three different families and the same pitch goes to three different families that's the worst thing that you can do that's actually a disservice to your own company because ultimately the families want to listen to something which aligns to their thought process so do some homework i think that's the biggest tip uh, you know i can uh, tell your people change pitches for each and every family understand doesn't matter if you go to their website find out what they do do google search on the next gen understand what the next gen has been talking about but please change your pitch alter your pitch depending on that uh, there may be some statements in your uh, in your uh, deck which might actually be very offensive to certain families i've seen that as well because sometimes you know people i've seen pitches being made to uh, people who are in the brick and mortar fmcg space which says brick and mortar is dead you are pitching to a family office which is in that space and you're telling that person brick and mortar is dead everything is technology now you can't do that so they are in the business that they are profitable so there is there are still some businesses who are profitable so alter your pitch and and don't be derogatory on that part and also uh, do remember that uh, make them comfortable in asking questions when you are presenting to them over a zoom call over a in person call preempt certain questions uh, that's the very key role that you should have make them comfortable to ask questions and sometimes create your own questions for example i know entrepreneurs will come back say you know but you know munish i know you must be thinking if we are our margins are so high why aren't we profitable so early in in life in our journey in our in our in our, uh, ecos- in our entrepreneurial venture because you know what munish we have to expand we need money for capex here and capex there and capture the so preempt certain questions which i'm sure many institutions may have asked you as well so become make them comfortable uh some some don'ts also uh again uh, caution if the family has invested into a similar space be very cautious don't ever use that word you know we are better than the company that you invested into 
remember they already have an emotional relationship with that company you are just a stranger to them do your work understand the differences that you have with the investing companies chances are uh, supposing in case i am a multi family office advisor to that family or there's a single family office of that particular family if it's a competing product in the first part 5 minutes we always tell them look i may not i not sure where you going to do this meeting because we have a conflict of interest because we have an investment into a similar firm so people will tell you that but if they are okay with it and they want to listen to you because they can do multiple bets they are not limited in their uh, you know in their investment uh, allowances then never compare but keep a comparison of all the competing uh, you know uh, products in that space ready including the one they've invested into right make sure that you do that homework and if you think you are in the space which is uh, which is adjacent to the space that the family works in that make sure you can bring out some linkages for example if you are presenting to a tech promoter who is currently even running a tech company right now you know you can always build an angle that you know what the 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 solution that we are creating or the tech product that we are creating a platform we are creating actually can be a can be a, a you know a, a downward pipeline um, you know into from coming in from your company into the the stuff that we you we can actually be a bolt on sometime in the future because we do this which is very similar to what you may need as 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 a company or a corporate but without uh, getting into the governance part because uh, corporate venture arms and family offices are usually very separate so we have seen that corporate venture arms are arms where you know corporates take strategic investments into certain startups and if there's a if the same family's family office is an investor there be a be very cautious because a corporate venture arm cannot provide an exit to a family office investment because it will be a governance uh, mismatch it will be a conflict of interest so understand that uh, part as well carry as much material as you can maybe in your mind in your presentations because they may ask you very wide questions about the landscape you want to work in so be ready for that and also that you can also say that how can you add value to that family so i think what's in it for the family talk about what they do talk about if you are a tech promoter uh, you know if you if you really want to ask us about anything about your investments you want to ask us anything about the domain please ask us you know we are also partners in that space build a relationship it's just not one off transactional pitch that you are uh, you know you are trying to uh, make and finally after you've done this pitch uh, temper your expectations i think most of the people come to us and many funds come to us and many entrepreneurs come to us that say you know what munish i don't understand this space at all help me out i said look i i don't have a magic wand and none of people like me have a magic wand we we represent a family and yes we worked with so many families we know what uh, what processes families take and there are very different approaches that families take so you know temper your expectations don't judge by the meeting that you do you may not get body you know uh, you know body language don't try to read into whether they he looks interested not looks into doesn't matter they're still hearing you they're giving you your time and frankly they don't need to give you time they don't have to tick off saying i have seen five pitches in a day there is no such you know <laughs> limits that they have or minimums that they have uh don't expect it to be a linear process and the reason i'm saying that is because uh in most cases uh you know people expect like institutions it will be like 1 2 3 4 5 in family offices it may be 1 5 we talk about the initial pitch talk about the valuation come back to the diligence talk about references go back to the initial pitches so it's not a linear process because they are also processing quite a lot of stuff in that space uh 
if they want to take referrals for you because the companies maybe you've worked for in the past and all that be ready with them uh, sometimes they may ask you because if you have worked you say that you worked in the ai space in a in a large brand name and now you're launching your own company can you give us some referral they'll ask you some referral which generally in you know uh, institutions don't ask for have patience don't get bogged down because you know you haven't heard from them as i said they've got 10 more things on their head besides investments they take holidays definitely they take all holidays possible so there are there are group of humans there so don't expect machines to respond to you and finally that they get tons of deal flow every day deal flow is coming out of ears of every family office it's coming from everywhere what stand out stands out for you always remember that so be a bit uh, patient if you have done the other parts if you understand if it fits into their profile not fits in you made your pitch you shared what your big vision is and sharing of that vision is very important because they are also family business owners now they have also built a business they will appreciate and understand you uh, much better and i think um, don't don't start using you know words like i'm sorry to spam your email but just wanted to understand if you have thought through don't do that don't become apologetic about everything be professional they are also investing with you they will also make money if you make money so i think it's a combination of building expectation and tempering down any expectation of a proper process speed and uh, you know understanding that what may not be what may look important to you may not be important to you the family at that point of time so i think do that and you will not feel bogged down by it. one question which might hit you you might have an expectation that the minimum i'm taking is say hypothetically a million dollars hypothetically but the family says oh i'll only give you 200000 dollars we don't invest so much in the early stage so in your mind go with this question what if the family says i want to invest only a small amount you may have pressures from the lead uh, investor in that round that don't take small investors and all i think consult if there's already a lead if the family uh, can be the lead in that round nothing like it because then they'll obviously rule the rights and rule the rules that they will create but if they're not the lead and they're small investors please have a conversation with your lead before the worst thing you can do is the family becomes convinced they say we'll do a small amount and they go back to them no but you know our other investors are not comfortable then it will be a negative on you because ultimately you are the promoter and the founder i think so that's something which you um, and keep it with yourself i think that's only a few things you know commonly i wanted to briefly share with the you know set of people that uh, who want to approach in that space but it's very important for them to understand that this space is this 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 animal call a family office needs to be in the cap table because they are the biggest friends you can have for a very long term and they can be really be valuable much more than the money they give you hope i am going to yes listen it does uh, abunish thank you for this amazing masterclass i asked you for a few tips but i think you gave a wealth of knowledge to any startup who's approaching family uh, a family office because i think what i found from your presentation is startups uh, approach family offices very objectively but what you brought in is that treat them like human beings who have been through the journey and i suddenly yeah. want to read out uh, what you shared always keep in mind that most family offices are an offshoot of a successful entrepreneurial journey of the promoter and they bring a lot of experience and insights with them i really loved that and uh, the fact that you brought in so many softer sides for approach i think that is what uh, startups need today uh, when they sit in front of a family office and pitch for fundraising 
Amazing masterclass. Thank you very much, uh, Amanish, for this. Every entrepreneur and leader works extremely hard to try and achieve his or her dreams. Often in the process, we forget the beautiful journey that must be enjoyed along the way. And to enjoy the journey to success, one must spend time taking breaks and pursuing hobbies. These much-needed breaks over the weekend or at the end of the day daily increases the productivity of every individual massively. So here is what I do for my break. I love to sing and I love to perform in front of an audience. Thank you for being my audience as I perform my song for you. This is just a home recording from my phone.
If you would like to be a successful entrepreneur, then I would like to invite you to join my community. Contact me through my website under the name of Kamalini Roy. That is K A M A L I N I R O Y dot com. Kamalini Roy. I will repeat that for you. K A M A L I N I R O Y dot com. You can also choose to continue learning for free through all the valuable content I put out in my YouTube channel under my name, Kamalini Roy. If you have enjoyed my podcast, please do put out a review on Apple Podcast. I look forward to personally reading your comments and reviews. I would also like to invite you to share your questions and challenges with me so that I can address them and help you with solutions through my podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to Successful Entrepreneurs Podcast by Kamalini Roy. Just hit that subscribe button and see you at my next episode.